1: Each monday at 1 p.m eastern time we broadcast live from boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week to join the show the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com as always i will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week was Tiger Woods playing his best golf in years, something we weren't sure we were ever going to see again, but we did. We saw it again at the Honda Classic in uh, Palm Beach Garden, Florida, and it was just terrific all four days. uh, He was right in there around 70 and actually had uh, 69, which was his first sub-70 round in almost three years. Pretty amazing when you think about it. And uh, he made the cut, most importantly. So after watching Thursday and Friday, it was good to also get the chance to see him Saturday and Sunday obviously the galleries were just incredible all week long and were just proof again that nobody moves the needle like Tiger uh, it was just remarkable to watch four and five deep around his every hole while even some of the big name leaders uh, we're playing before let's say much more sparse crowds uh to put it mildly so it's all building nicely to uh you know what we're really all waiting for and hard to believe it's only about five weeks away now uh which is the masters and so i think if you look at it take the long view of will he be in the mix at the masters can he compete That after what we saw this weekend, uh, I think we can finally, for the first time in a long time, say that uh, he almost definitely will be competing in the Masters uh, and perhaps making some noise. And if that happens, it's going to be one of the biggest, not only golf stories in years, one of the biggest sports stories in years. Uh, We all know the success he's had there in the past. We all know that everything he's doing now feels like it's just uh, spring training, shall we say, in advance of the Masters. And uh, so it's something to really, really get excited about. Uh, We'll see what the next few weeks hold. But most importantly, he seems to be pain free. Uh, Again, played four rounds. Played the full tournament uh, and, you know, played well each day. A little inconsistent. Still having some problems off the tee. The driving and whatnot is not quite what we'd all like to see, but uh, especially him. But his chipping and putting look excellent. And his putting, yesterday I watched a lot of it and he was just – So many near misses, as in within an inch of the cup. Had that actually, had some of those gone down, he might have actually uh, been there at the end. As it was, he ended up finishing 12th. And right around even par, pretty much where he was for the entire tournament. He was just pretty consistent right around 70. So, it was certainly exciting. Uh, It may or may not have helped that it was literally right down the street from his house in Jupiter, Florida. So, he was sleeping in his own bed and able to drive down, you know, uh, on his own little commute. And so, everything about this tournament was user-friendly for him. And again, it was just great to see him, uh, you know, in the mix for four days, so... Awesome to see, and now we'll see how the next few weeks shape up in advance of the Masters, and uh, then everybody beyond the golf world even will start to get truly, truly excited. Uh, And this is all so consistent. When I was at the PGA show in Orlando a couple weeks ago, about a month ago, the buzz for just Tiger returning to the tour was palpable. And here we are a month later, and there's even that much more excitement surrounding him. In the end, it was a great tournament. Uh, Justin Thomas pulled it out with a historic victory, one of just a handful of golfers to ever have eight PGA victories before the age of 25. And I think the others are like Jack Nicholas and uh, Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods. Uh, went to an extra hole. Where he beat Luke List, who was at the top of the leaderboard most of the tour you know, for the last couple of days. So it was a great ending to boot, on top of everything Tiger was doing. So we're now into uh, the full bore PGA season. Well, my low light of the week is that uh, the Winter Olympics are now over, and it was really fun for the past couple of weeks to have them just. Uh, available for viewing pretty much any time we wanted. You could turn on the TV practically any time of the day on NBC's family of channels and catch some type of Olympic event. Uh, you know, the best part of the Olympics were, for me, the very best was the U.S. women's hockey team beating Canada in overtime for the gold. Uh, it took even more than the usual uh, five shots. Uh to decide it, I actually went to a a six shot, and it was epic. And too bad it was on so late, at night here in the East Coast, at least. And uh, if not, <clears throat> it would have been even that much more exciting. Uh, and there was even excitement on the men's side, where Germany, the Germany men, uh, upset Canada. So not a great Olympics for Canadian hockey, which is so near and dear to their all their hearts up north. And, uh, and then the Olympic athletes of Russia ended up beating Germany in another thriller. So good endings across the board on the hockey front. I think the breakout star uh, was probably Chloe Kim. She has an infectious personality. She's funny. She was tweeting between runs uh, during, uh, during her event in snowboarding, and uh, she just captured America's hearts and also captured the cover of Sports Illustrated. Lindsey Vonn, it appears her Olympic career is over. She did walk away with a medal, a bronze. Uh, Of course, a lot of people, especially Americans, were hoping she would win gold, but she represented herself well. And uh, Sean White, of course, uh, became a multiple- Olympics medal winner with his great run when he entered his final run behind and Then in the world of curling uh, the United States men put a major upset to win the curling which uh, Given the type of event it is gets a whole lot of coverage. Everybody just seems so intrigued by it because of its uh, slowness for lack of a better word Uh, but it's always uh, something that people seem to be intrigued by. My bizarre item of the week is the FBI release on all the information uh, around college hoops and who has potentially misbehaved, and uh, it's really, really bad. Uh, This most recent report, of course, we heard this around the beginning of the season when it first came out generated a lot of chatter Uh, but as we head into March Madness I'm sure it's the last thing the NCAA wants to deal with and there's a lot of big name coaches and big name players involved so we'll see how that's all going to shape up here in the next few weeks uh, as we lead into March Madness so now let's take our break and next up will be our weekly call on expert AP Stedham of Bama Magazine.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the
2: next show.
0: Back to the show. Voice America listeners,
1: welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Ingle-to-be. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, John, I'm great. Thank you for having me on the show. Glad to be here. Well, good to have you on, as always. And, uh, as always, lots going on in the world of sports. And just getting right to your expertise, uh, college sports in general uh, and college basketball. It looks like that the FBI has stepped up the seriousness of their report that first came out at the beginning of the season. And then a new one came out last week, uh, updated, shall we say, with uh, a whole lot of big names and a whole lot of big-name players and coaches. So, AP, I'm guessing uh, it's the last thing the NCAA wanted to see with March Madness uh, right around the corner.
4: Yeah, the timing is impeccable, right? This is their spotlight moment. That's the biggest moneymaker for the NCAA. They control that tournament. And they celebrate that every year, March Madness, the Final Four, and you have all these college teams that are tainted by the FBI investigation. So I'm sure they're spinning their wheels, trying to figure out how can we come out of this thing and uh, come up with some reform or show the people that we're looking in the direction to uh, affect college basketball and and rid the, rid the uh, the game of some of these situations.
1: True, true. Well, the head of the NCAA, Mark Emmert, has been uh, speaking out about it, uh, promising quick reform and even admitting that, you know, many of the rules are just simply outdated. They go back decades and they just simply don't apply here. And, you know, 2018. So it's, uh, you know, it's time. And maybe this will finally be the catalyst to, you know, shake things up. You already have, you know, the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit about the NCAA using images of players. Uh, you know, it's been going on for a long time, but that seemed, you know, that, that's moving its way through the system as well. And uh, it is time, you know, it's just uh, there's no surprise here. I mean, this stuff has been going on just forever. Really, for decades and decades, yet it just keeps cropping up, and then everybody seems shocked by it when I mean, it's not shocking at all. It's been going on since day one. Yeah, absolutely,
4: forever with a capital F. And uh, but I, you know, a lot of times you, you're thinking, that these people are in power, and why have they not taken care of it? I can guarantee one thing: what I've always told everyone. In close contact with me is that if your an association does not manage their sport, the government will step in,
1: and you will not be satisfied with those results, so you better take care of your business That is a great analogy you know it 's exactly like steroids in baseball when we had the famous congressional hearings uh, yeah the, the government does step in when it looks like it's not being uh properly administered and but this one you know it just seems like uh you know a little different a little more serious in that uh you know the government is now involved and it it, to say it's the, the blue bloods of college basketball doesn't even begin to you know cover it i mean it's every big name team there there is and you know kentucky north carolina duke uh, Kansas on and on and on and everybody. And then some of the big name player. And then you have a big name coach like, you know, Sean Miller at Arizona, apparently being caught, uh, on audio talking about a payment to a player, you know, some of the biggest stars in college basketball being named, uh, Miles Bridges from Michigan state, uh, one example. So it's just, uh, you know, it's just right at the top of the game. It's not, you know, you know, some obscure schools or anything like that. It just feels like it's everybody.
4: Yeah, John. When it's the blue bloods of the sport, then you can guarantee that the powers to be will will act quickly and, and swiftly. But that's what it takes to get their attention. Most of the time, they just piddle around with some of these minor schools and bring the hammer to them. But uh you I mean, are they going to bring the jackhammer to a duke or a michigan state or some of these other schools you mentioned uh i don't know they don't want to see those things happen so it's, it's really unfortunate that, you know they don't take care of business properly i mean they're in charge they're trusted, they make a lot of money those people
1: well that's it i mean they're,
4: they're not you know they're not doing it as a, a gratis or some uh beneficent gesture it's a big business and uh associations that's why you always have that mistrust because they don't act properly when the when their time is uh, right they act uh, properly when they're forced
1: and they're, you know truth speaks to power exactly exactly and uh yeah i mean it's just uh and and again the timing uh it's hard to believe i i i think we can agree on one thing no matter what happens uh You know, no steps that I can imagine will occur before the end of the tournament. You know, I think there'll be enough steps taken to kind of quiet the uproar a little bit and just to get through to like April uh, so that the tournament will again, as you said, make uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. And then once that gets, you know, put in the bank and then we might start to see some real change. But I can't imagine there's going to be any substantive earth shattering changes that's going to, you know, steal the headlines from the actual tournament itself. And uh, so, you know, on one hand, the timing is horrible with this all coming out and the tournament right around the corner. On the other hand, you know they have a bit of a grace period to react to it. And during that grace period is when the tournament occurs. That's the way I see it.
4: Yeah, John, I, I agree uh, exactly with your scenario. They're going to make a statement somehow in this next two or three weeks to quiet down all the, uh, you know, people who are, are shocked. You know, the, the basketball people, people watch basketball daily or, you know, every year they know this has been going on, but it's the other people they're trying to, Trying to calm, and, and uh, but that's what's going to happen. They're going to we're going to do something in this interim before everything starts, and what, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the end. But it's got everybody's attention.
1: Yes, well, one of the things was even uh, you, you know one of the things mentioned was actually the uh, John Wooden of all people, truly the saint. The patron saint of college basketball, and you know, I was hearing reports about that he was involved with some guy. Uh, can't remember the name, but it's not a household name. Uh, you yeah, know, Sam Wall, Alcindor. What was the guy's th- Yeah, I forgot the guy's name
4: myself. But it was Sam, I thought it was uh, Sam
1: Gilbert. I think it was. I think it was. Oh Sam yeah, Gilbert. Possibly. Sounds right. That sounds right. But yeah, I mean, yeah. just basically. Sam Gilbert talk uh, you know know, so even that got dredged up from geez hard to believe like 50 60 years ago and uh I mean you know when that's happening it's just like uh, everybody's digging big time um you know I and I I don't even know that I heard specifics just that John Wooden around the recruiting of Lou Alcindor now of course Kareem Abdul-Jabbar We're going back to the mid 60s here at UCLA and, uh, you know, that was involved with a quote character named, as you said, you know, Sam Gilbert. So it is, uh, you know, nobody seems to be immune on this one. This, it just seems like this might finally be, uh, you know, that tipping point.
4: Yeah. The watershed moment when you have the FBI involved, John, that's serious. They don't, spend all these hours uh, gathering all these recorded conversations and
1: information. They don't want to be made to look foolish. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it's interesting how the, you know, what actually brought the FBI into it. Uh, it sounds like they were given, you know, a whistleblower, or whatever uh, alerted them to some things. And then we get into certain, you know, things that cause it to be a potential federal crime, and that's when they get involved. Because um, some people have spoken out saying, Why is it, what's the FBI doing involved in this, given everything going on? But in the same light, you know, it sounds like they can't ignore it because it's, you know, it involves potential federal crimes that were, they're alerted to, and once they are, one would think they have to act, which apparently they did. So, uh, pretty crazy. Uh, well, speaking of college hoops and switching subjects a little bit, there still are games to be played, and none, not not nothing like they'll be be played in the last month. But uh, I, I've seen Alabama has been uh, playing in some interesting games, and uh, you ha- you have to be loving it. Their their program's doing pretty well this year. Yeah, John. They. Uh, have a young team with a lot of star power so
4: you have those up and downs each game especially on the road there's one player John Petty I mean he I think he made eight three-pointers and maybe ten three-pointers at home on the road he was shooting somewhere around 16 percent which is uh, it's unbelievable I don't think I've ever seen that happen before to one player to to shoot 16 percent for the year on the road uh, I was actually at the Alabama-Auburn game last Wednesday evening. Auburn didn't have one of the best players, uh, Mustafa Heron, uh, but they still beat Alabama by 19 points. Alabama surrendered 90 points, uh, and they scored 71. So, But they have some question marks on their rebounding and their offensive efficiency. Sometimes they come down the court, and those young players, they're dribbling the ball on the outside. They ended up with what I call the YMCA offense. You know, you're just heaving it from downtown, hoping it goes in. But it's right. not as effective when, you, when you're not able to make shots on the road. So you have to get to the bucket, and or you know, and, and if you rebound well, maybe you get on the break. You know, which they're very good in the transition game. But if you're having trouble rebounding, which they did, Auburn, Auburn was strong offensively on the rebounding, so they couldn't run as much. But uh, Alabama, they they lost I think three games at home: in Missouri, Mississippi State, and then on Saturday, Arkansas. So they have a home game against Florida. Which they beat down there in Gainesville, John. Surprisingly, the one of the biggest scores probably of all time, where they they really went down there and they just double digits, big score. And and they have A and M on the road, which will be difficult because uh, you know they're a young team and they haven't performed that well. But I'm hoping they didn't back their way into New York City for the NIT. But they were in good standing uh, a couple weeks ago, but they struggled recently.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I remember you were talking about that game uh, a couple couple weeks ago, and uh, how was it with the presentation of the uh, Iron Bowl? Was it during halftime <laughs> or post-game? That was, yes, that was during halftime. It sure was. And Gus Malzahn, the football team,
4: came to center court, and the uh, tradition is to have the Alabama Student Government Association president come over and present the trophy, and uh, I can't recall if she she ended up singing the fight song or not, but she was uh, you know they hooted and howled at her when she was trying to uh, pre- express a a feeling of unity when Alabama and Auburn were not playing each other and they weren't buying that for a bit, and so that was uh, that was interesting, but the the people who were you know the president of Auburn the S J president she was very grace- gracious and uh, uh, Gus Malzahn he you know tried to encourage the basketball team and the crowd to support them for the second half and beat Alabama, which they did. So uh, Bruce Pearl and uh, Gus Mathon, they hugged, and
1: uh, after the game was over, so it was a big success for them on that night. I'll bet. Where was the game actually played? Uh, at Auburn? At, at, at Auburn, yeah. They have
4: to come to the uh, – they, they presented at the, uh, the team that wins the game
1: on their court. And the Alabama – President had to come The Student Government Association President. Okay, and physically present it to the to Gus Malzahn in this case. Yeah, to yeah, present it to the to the Auburn folks. Sure did. Yes. Oof! I can imagine that was quite a scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was sold out. And, and Auburn—it's a very
4: uh, ra- 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 raucous crowd. And Charles Barkley was at the game. Really? So, okay. Uh, he, yeah, sure. He sure was. Yeah. So. He, you know, he's the one he
1: was the one that said that Auburn would beat Alabama, right? Football. Right. So he, of course, he graduated did. from Auburn. Correct. The, oh, that's good stuff, I'll tell you. Um, Auburn, you know, it's kind of funny. Just speaking, you mentioned Bruce Pearl's name. He's the coach of Auburn, and boy, he now he was embroiled in a lot of hot water. I'm trying to think here. Was but he ha- has. Not spoken about it, continued to coach. Yes. But AP, am I remembering this correctly? That he was embroiled in the first place in this basically same investigation, but back when it was announced at the beginning of the year? Is that right? That's correct, right? Two of their better okay. players have been, you know, are not eligible, and Chuck
4: Person with the assistant coach and a few other people on the staff are involved in the investigation and have not been uh, active. So, yeah, it's a quite a situation there. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think Bruce Pearl's reasoning probably is because if he admits to something, he'll it'll affect
1: his pay, probably. Yeah, yeah, but in the same light with uh, the most recent update that came out last week and the, the furor that it created, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't hear Bruce, Bruce Pearl's name around any of this most recent Stuff is that correct, or, or did, was his name back out there again? Yeah,
4: I mean, uh, I didn't happen to hear um, his name, you know, again. But he's he was in the beginning, so it's it's been out there plenty, um, right? You know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't go over that entire list, but but he's definitely involved.
1: Well, I can't help but think, but you know, maybe the fact that he stayed quiet. And at least from my perspective, I'm sure there's more going on down south where you're at. But, you know, I I, I didn't hear his name mentioned at all with, uh, you know, all the furor. And it was a furor that was created last week and is still going on, obviously. Uh, Well, we shall see, AP, but hard to believe we're at the end of our uh, first segment together. So why don't we take our break now? We'll get to some more sports on the other side.
2: The
1: The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And, A.P., we talked some college hoops in the previous segment. But there's also the NBA going on now, uh, resuming after the All-Star break. And speaking of the All-Star break, you were actually out in Los Angeles All-Star Weekend. Uh, How was that?
4: Yeah, John, it was fabulous. I really had a good time. Uh, That was the second All-Star Weekend I I, uh, visited. And and Los Angeles, you know, the weather was pretty good. A little cool at times, but uh, some of the events I got to attend, and the one that was a highlight for me personally was the 19th Annual NBA Legends Brunch, and that was held on Sunday morning between 10 to 1 p.m. and hosted by Ernie Johnson. He does a fabulous job. He always reads a poem about the host city. Really? Okay. He does. Yeah, a fabulous poem that he comes up with. And then there was a special appearance by Billy Crystal. He was very funny. Of course, he's been around basketball a long time, big fan of the Clippers when he moved out west. And and the commissioner spoke, of course, Adam Silver. And then also a favorite of mine, Jerry West. a personal favorite he had received the lifetime achievement award gave a fabulous speech and you know he addressed some of the issues of the day concerning race and you know that's always something that uh, Jerry West speaks with eloquence so I was so happy to hear him and listen to his words of wisdom then the global ambassador award was James Worthy big game James and wow! He was he was he was uh, very did very well at the microphone, at the podium, and and in the hometown here was entertaining Bill Walton. Oh, he was funny the best. And, and insightful, and uh, he was moving around on that stage like he was uh, trying to get position in the post. He was, and he was funny and he's dynamic, uh, and then finally the Legend of the Year award was Magic Johnson.
1: Oh, that is a serious. Yeah. Uh, basketball royalty lineup, to put it mildly. uh, Well, Bill Walton, yeah, he is, uh, I read his book recently. It's a fairly new book, and I read it last summer, and it was just terrific. He's just as easy an athlete as there has ever been to uh, initiate a conversation with. I met him before a playoff game at the Boston Garden, back around 2000 2000, and he he was just, he truly gives you the feeling that he's thrilled to talk with you. He really does. And he's like that to a hundred people a day, every day. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that. No, he's the
4: same way. He'll try to remember your name. He's uh, very enthusiastic and he'll, he's listening to your conversation and responding and engaging and, I mean, you're not going to agree with everything he said, but
1: I just, I just like him. I just personally like Bill Walton. He's fun. Oh, me too. No, I, I, again, I don't know that I've ever had an athlete just be so responsive and genuinely be interested in carrying out, carrying on a conversation. I'll, I'll never forget it. And uh, again, I read the book. I highly recommend it. Uh, and just a fascinating character as they all were. Now I have to ask what's James Worthy up to these days? Uh you mentioned that he won an ambassador award. Yeah,
4: well he he does some things um uh he makes, you know, contributions to the community and stays involved and uh I don't know if he has an official position in the game of basketball. I don't recall, but uh he has a foundation and he contributes to the boys and girls club and so he's doing some good things across the country and he and like i said all the speakers were on point and it, i think it actually ended 10 minutes
1: early believe it or not john that's a big event to uh be on wow. time yeah well maybe the oscars and the award shows can take a <laughs> can take a note from that yes, uh, yes. but uh and jerry west i mean I covered the West Virginia Mountaineers uh, back in the day for a few seasons, both football and basketball, and to say he is the all-time athlete to hail from the state of West Virginia, he of course played for West Virginia and was tremendous when he did so, uh, uh, he didn't just show up for the Lakers, he he was awesome at West Virginia, best player in the country, and uh, yeah. again he just stands alone as the uh, the athlete that that state is most prideful in and and now these days as an executive he's he's just amazing what he's done in that you know partially responsible for building the golden state warriors uh, that we know today and yes. with that has won two championships uh he's with the clippers now correct
4: uh yes I, 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 very few people, John, can be uh, Hall of Fame players and Hall of Fame executives. There's very exactly. few. I mean, I, I rarely have to stop and pause and think for a long time if there's someone who can
1: match Jerry West. I, I just don't know. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Um, you know, one person who just comes to... To mine, not quite the name of Jerry West, which is an uh, iconic name in American sports, obviously, but, you know, uh, Ozzie Newsome, uh, not quite That's the name, right. but, you know, it's a, a similar track record in both as an executive right. and as a player and, and a tremendous college player to boot. I don't have to tell you that at Alabama, uh, Yeah, right. but a household right. name in his own right, for sure. Yes, uh, yes. Certainly to any sports fan, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I, that would that would have been a name I would have had to come up right quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, but Jerry West is, you know, he, he, you know his history with the Lakers and what he did at Golden State and with the Clippers, and, and he was with the Lakers on the executive level too, right? Yes.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah Obviously, Jerry was he? He he was. Um, it's a cup check. You no know, executive of the year for the Lakers in '95, and then with Memphis in 2004. Of course, he was inducted in the Hall of Fame, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 1980.
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah, he is. Uh, well, what can you say? There's no bigger compliment than he, the fact that he is the logo for the NBA. Period. <laughs> That yes. logo, yes, for anybody absolutely. who might not know, but I'm guessing everybody does, that that logo, <laughs> logo is modeled after Jerry West. Um, absolutely. Well, gee whiz, that just sounds like a tremendous event. Where was it held, AP?
4: That was at the Los Angeles Convention Center, which is right near the Staples Center on the same side of, of Figueroa Street in Los Angeles. And that street, John, uh, if you continue in one direction, you'll, you'll hit the University of Southern California uh, right. uh, campus. And then on the other side, across the street from the campus is the Galen Center. And I went to a basketball game there on Thursday night. It was Oregon versus USC, who's uh, USC is in second place right now in the Pac-12. Wow. That's
1: a, that sounds like a good game. How was the crowd? Yeah, the
4: crowd was uh, pretty filled up, and they were, you know, pretty loud. Uh, USC won. It was a, a fabulous game because it uh, ended with .8 seconds. USC had an alley-oop play in their big man, Shamizi Matu. It's about 6, 10, or 11. He received the alley-oop, and instead of dunking it, because I don't know if he was sure he could make that play, he laid it up off the glass to uh, give him a two-point
1: lead with .8 seconds remaining. Wow. Sounds like a thriller. That's great. Glad you got to see that. Yes. So this yes. is where they play now. They used to play at the USC Sports Arena, correct? That's right, right next to the Los Angeles Memorial
4: Coliseum, which is down the road from, just right down the street on the same same road, Figueroa.
1: Right, Figueroa, and uh, yeah. again, that, that that brings back a lot of memories. That is a uh, famous famous street. That, that's the street in Los Angeles, I'd say, as far as Uh, it basically cuts through town and many famous places right along it but you spend any time in LA you're going to spend time on Figueroa Street there's no doubt about that
4: yeah absolutely you sure will
1: and uh, it was all good for me glad to hear it so how was uh, just the rest of the weekend overall just a lot of activity and excitement around town I'm guessing although LA like New York is so big that you know an event of that magnitude can take place and it doesn't necessarily dominate every aspect of everybody's life.
4: Right. Yeah, I mean, it was the Staples Center is a good facility and venue because there's areas where they can set up events right around for the people to participate. So it was packed and, you know, you just kind of wander around and and people watch and I I ran into some, some different people that I knew and met some new ones and uh, it's all centrally located. You, I mean, you didn't have to drive somewhere else. I mean, you think in a big city, gee, I'm, I'm going to have to get stuck driving to these different events, but it's all right there uh, in and around the uh, Los Angeles Staples Center.
1: And that's important because L.A. is one town that's so massive that you don't want to be driving all over town. No. And yeah, the Staples Center, and I've been there before, is uh, it's basically they've created their own section of town around it.
4: Yes, yes, yeah. It's, it's it's massive nightmare if you have to drive. Oh yeah, uh, particular hours of the day, and even during the lax period, there's still somebody everywhere on there. There's, there's always somebody around you in Los Angeles. A
1: lot of people. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, in other words, it's busy even when it's not busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We use the yogiism there or something, right? Or something like that. Uh, <laughs> all right, AP. Well, gee, it's great to get. Perspective firsthand from the uh, NBA All-Star Game out in Los Angeles last weekend. And uh, still a few more things to get to, but why don't we take our final break and we'll talk a little more sports on the other side.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice america. become our friend on Facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america
0: you're listening to all around sports with your host John Inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now Back to the show. Voice
1: America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Ingallsby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, AP Studham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is this Saturday night's national telecast of Celtics Rockets. And the reason I, uh, it's so intriguing is. There'll be a good measuring stick for the two teams that are clearly uh, the number two teams, the threats to the reigning conference champions, meaning the Celtics to the Cavs and the Rockets to the Warriors. So it'll be a good chance to see uh, these two teams match up to help determine if either or both of them are worthy contenders to unseat their uh, existing Cavs and Warriors as conference champions so anyway ap moving on um yeah so there's been you know as always a lot of other stuff going on in the world of sports uh speaking to the Cavs, i was watching them yesterday and uh they started quick with their revamped team before the all-star break uh not so much since and watched san antonio basically come from behind and run away in the fourth quarter to beat the Cavs and LeBron James in Cleveland yesterday. So, still remains to be seen how the the new look Cavs are going to are, are going to pan out or not.
4: Yeah, there's a long way down to the playoffs here. It's end of February. Oh, yeah. Got
1: another another month
4: and maybe they can regroup and become familiar with each other It's enough to make a difference, but uh, when, whatever Le-
1: Le- LeBron travels, there's always a story. Always a story. And, yeah, uh, there, there's always just so much surrounding him. Uh, and, you know, you know, yesterday after the game, it was uh, the fact he was driving the lane and not getting the calls. Uh, and, but every time LeBron drives the lane... One of two things happen. He either gets fouled or people get out of the way in a hurry. <laughs> so, yet there's not a call. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: That's the truth. I mean, he's been doing that ever since the first time I laid eyes on him in person. I was, I think, it was around 16. I saw him at the ABCD camp at uh, in Walter in um, New Jersey, he sent him the Sunny Vucero camp, ABCD camp.
1: Wow! Really? You go that far back?
4: Yes. Yes. the uh, first
1: time I saw him and met him. Well, I saw him for the first time at the ESPYs, uh when he was in high school. And, uh, you know, you don't forget that. I mean, you knew even then that this was, like, someone special. Uh, and it certainly has turned out that way. I mean, he's become, like, uh, the voice of basketball in this country. And I give him a lot of credit. You know, I know there's uh, obviously – Uh, A lot of LeBron haters out there, but, you know, in fact, he's gotten where he's gotten, both on and off the court, without any college education, without ever getting in trouble, so to speak. Uh, Right. And, you know, he he has just become the conscious and the voice of basketball in America. And, uh, John, I I think I'll give LeBron credit for
4: for speaking out on the issues that are near and dear to his heart. Uh, I would say you do not have to agree, but as an American, he has that right with the First Amendment. Uh, Greg Popovich, he recently said in an interview, and I thought it was true because, you know, he served in the military himself, and I think he was a coach of Air Force, Greg Popovich. He knows think about, you know, the service to this country. And just to to quote him, uh, this is not the entire quote, but he, he said, there. There really is a First Amendment, and you can have opinions as a coach, as a plumber, as an astrophysicist. And then he paused and he, and he said, and as a lowly reporter. <laughs> so, I, so I thought that was great. But it seems that uh, there are people in this country who have brainwashed everyone that if uh, you're maybe on a particular coast or, or, or a certain profession, Namely, Hollywood or sports, uh, that your opinion doesn't matter. But they forget that every everyone's an American, and you have that right. And some people, uh, you know, they're looked at as role models. I mean, that's what they people are always saying that athletes are role models. But so they have maybe even a little bit of an obligation to voice their opinion about things that maybe aren't as comfortable for everybody, but when you look back at your life you know where did you stand on the issues did you speak up on those things and and were you on the correct side so if you have a conscience uh you can continue that type of behavior so uh, somewhere along the line they demonized certain uh, segments of um, american society i mean when uh you know i can recall john the uh when the panama canal was being uh you know the Panama Canal Treaty was being considered by President Carter he wanted to return it to that country and you know John Wayne who was on the opposite aisle opposite side but politically he spoke out in favor of the Panama Canal and agreement with President Carter and I don't I do not recall a big uproar he was from Hollywood and uh, you know trying to make a statement about what should be done uh, policy wise in this country so somehow over time it's become the norm to, to lash out at people from certain parts of society which is outrageous in my mind it's I mean everybody should be able to contribute now if you make a statement you're you're vulnerable to the critique I, I understand that side as well but the idea that you have to keep quiet is it's not even it's, it's not part of America It's un- it's un-american
1: Well, I agree, AP, you know, and you need, you know, look no further than, you know, when you're speaking of LeBron. I mean, you talk about a guy who's always, always in a no-win situation. Uh, You know, again, he's criticized for speaking out, but then Michael Jordan, perhaps the greatest of them all, uh, until if, when uh, LeBron may pass him as the greatest of them all. But anyway... Michael Jordan was severely criticized even to this day for not speaking out. So there is no winning, uh, and it's all and it's a different world now with Twitter and social media, to say the least. So the uh, you know the opinions are uh, much louder than they ever were before.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, and, and I don't mind opinions, and you know, is, I welcome opinions, but the idea that Someone should keep quiet. I mean, I'm 100% against that stance. Uh, John, even when Coach Bryant was at Alabama, uh, he got a call from his good friend Gerald Ford, and he met with him in Mobile down along the coast and campaigned with them for the election in 1976. I mean, there was no uproar you know, to tell Coach Bryant. Imagine a pundit telling Coach Bryant to shut up.
1: Uh, correct, correct. Yes. And you know, politics it's unthinkable. and Oh, unthinkable. To say the least. And you know, politics and policy and everything and sports have been intertwined forever, you know, whether it's you know, <laughs> Joe Paterno and Richard Nixon battling it out yes. over the yes. you know, uh over the Yeah, he may- over the national championship, the,
4: the national championship in 1969. You, 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 being you probably horrible. recall he said it. Said Richard Nixon so knew so much about college football, but so little about Watergate.
1: Right, right. And then fast forward to most recently, you know, the Patriots and the relationship of Kraft, Belichick, and Brady with Donald Trump. I mean, it just is. It's been there forever. So why anyone would yeah. be criticizing LeBron for again speaking out? You know. On policy and/or politics is, is doesn't make any sense because it's been around forever, like like everything in college basketball recruiting, as we discussed to open the show.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And John, could you imagine a world if Jackie Robinson just didn't say anything?
1: Right there, you go. That is a perfect example and a perfect note to close it on. AP, hard to believe we're at the end of the show, but. As always, I want to thank you for your great contributions again today. My pleasure, John, always. All right, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. and We look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern
2: Time.